Smith, a pastor here, those that are present with us here, those that are uh, on online. And today we're continuing our journey through the book of Acts, looking how it was going then and what it looks like um, now. And, uh, you know, um, as we've been singing and as as we see in our midst, uh, you're familiar of the with the phrase strange bedfellows. Right. You know, that's. That's the church. The church is united. People from all stripes of life, all kinds of life, rich, poor, all languages and ethnicities who are united in Jesus. That's what holds us together in the power of the Spirit. I was um, came across a book recently about the University of, of Washington, their crew team. Some were from shipyards, you know, some were uh, worked on the farms, and some uh, were, were, were city boys. This was the men's crew team in 1936 that eventually came together not only to win the national championship, but to become the Olympic champions in the Berlin Olympics in 1936. And their, their, their co- the coach um, said uh, this about crew and about them as a team. He said, this, this sport offers so many opportunities for suffering and so few opportunities for glory that only the most tenaciously self-reliant and self-motivated are likely to succeed at it. And yet at the same time, he said, this is key. No other sport demands and rewards the complete abandonment of self the way that rowing does. Great crews may have men or women of exceptional talent or strength. They may have outstanding coxswains or stroke oars or bowmen, but they have no stars. The team effort, the perfectly... But the team. I thought, yeah, there's some real connection there to what the the church is and what, what the church was at our very beginning and which will present to us today a vision for which we aspire to be that kind of team working, caring for one another, even suffering for one another, all for the common goal, not of winning winning the Olympics, even though that'd be cool, but following Jesus. Uh, So we're going to look at uh, Acts chapter 2 and chapter 4, the very end of those those chapters. Um, We're... As we're walking through Acts, just a little reminder of what has happened so far. You know, so Jesus crucified, died. Then he was raised from the dead on the third day. And then he came and lived among the disciples, taught them for 40 days, and then ascended into heaven. And today, actually, is Ascension Sunday. The day many churches around the world are celebrating that day that Jesus ascended to heaven. And on his, his way up, in a sense, he sort of handed the baton to God the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit came upon the church on the day of Pentecost, uh, which we looked at several weeks ago, and enabled the church, the gathered church, 120 people, to then speak the language of the other folks that had gathered in Jerusalem on that day. If you go back to Acts chapter 2, you can read that story and you'll see 15 different nations, 15 different languages were 
for us to understand one another, but even for us to go and speak the language of the people outside the church. To bring them in to be a part of this team that is united around Jesus. And so uh, after they get imprisoned, they're released from prison and more people gather As we'll see, after Pentecost, there were 3,000 that were now part of the church. After Peter heals and and preaches, there's now 5,000 that are gathered. So, what do you do? You got 3,000, you got 5,000 people. What What does the church do then? How are they now going to act? What does their explosive encounter with Jesus that draws them together mean for their life together? That's what we see in chapter word that speaks to us of your truth. Now, may you continue to fill us with your spirit. May you continue to, to show us how we live, uh, overcome by the love of Jesus. Help us to live out that love with you, with ourself, with one another. Uh, to, to, to be the church that you've designed us to be. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, uh, Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 41. We'll look at that, and then we'll jump to the end of chapter 4, and we'll see these summaries that, that Luke has put here of this is how the church now lives. Verse 41. So, those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And then the end of chapter 4, similarly. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. For as many were owners of lands or houses, sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. And laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to eat. church is a group of people with a powerful connection to Jesus. I mean, you, you see that listed in these verses here. The church is a group of people with a powerful connection to Jesus. Um, I think we've got a couple passages here that, again, just you, you see that as you collect that from these verses. Uh, chapter 2, verse 41. So those who received his word were baptized and were added that day about 3,000 souls. And then the, the next one. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So there is this encounter with the living God. And then the next one. Praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. 
And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. So throughout this this time, they were they were hearing about Jesus. People were connected to God and the power of the Holy Spirit and, and the the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. Some people were healed physically; they had an experience with Jesus. Um, some people were were healed uh, morally, spiritually. They experienced the forgiveness that Jesus brings. Uh, Some people had an emotional uh, release and experience, a connection with Jesus that brought hope and and peace to their lives. And some it was intellectual. They heard the teachings of Jesus and they said, this makes sense of life. The power of his resurrection makes sense that there is now something more than just what I can see and feel and taste and smell. So Jesus' teaching made sense to them. The, the Holy Spirit's touch changed their lives. And that had what drawn them together. And that's what draws the church together. People who are gathering because of Jesus. Now at different stages maybe even in faith. Some may just be checking out Jesus. Some may just be hanging out with Jesus. But know this. What Jesus desires for all of us is to be sold out for him. That, that, that he, he wants us to give everything we are to him. Which, if indeed Jesus is God in the flesh, if indeed we have connection with God who is the creator of the world, then it just makes sense, doesn't it? To be sold out to the one who knows all. If indeed God is the one who sent his son to die for you and for me, if he has that kind of abounding love, then it just makes sense for us to be sold out to him. Or as a, the title of one of my favorite books that I just reread a couple weeks ago, if his love is that great, then it makes sense to surrender all that I am. To his love. And that's the work of the church. That's the people of the church. Uh, some may be hanging out, some may be checking out, but ultimately it's calling us to be sold out to him. Yeah, so that it's a good time just to reflect in your own life. Where are you on that spectrum? Checking out, hanging out, sold out with Jesus. It's a, demands. He calls us to, to whole life to him. But would you say you're checking out? Would you say you're hanging out? Or you're on a journey really of being sold out to him. And what we, we see about the, the church here is that once the folks have that experience with Jesus, they're, they're then, then going out to Jesus. Which then leads to a shared life-leading pursuit of Jesus. Our, our connection is to, to Jesus. We're, we're together, Jesus. He is gonna, we, we all want Him to be leading our lives, and now we need one another. There's no Lone Ranger. There's no solo here. This is a group that Jesus brings together. Now, we're, we're now sharing our lives 
as we're pursuing Jesus together, seeking to be sold out for him. A couple passages that, that capture uh, that here, again, back in from Acts 2 and Acts 4. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to breaking of bread and the prayers. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. They gathered together, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, breaking of bread, fellowship, and the prayers. Because of their connection to Jesus, they're they're committed now to learning more about him together. They're committed now to sharing their lives with one another devoted to these four things that that he mentions there. They're devoted to what Jesus taught. They're, They're devoted to fellowship, to their community with each other, to being with each other. Their community to breaking bread, probably talking about communion and worshiping together. And to praying, to praying with one another. And for one another. I um, remember uh, for for me in in college, what really captured my attention was Jesus' teaching. Uh, um, uh, Particularly passages like the, the Sermon on the Mount. Luke has some, some passages that, that speak about just a totally different way of life because we're... Passages like this. This is Jesus' words from uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. From one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit? Is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners. Do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you'll be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. This is the, the, the radical teaching of Jesus that the church seeks to help one another live out. Because we encounter one who loves us so supremely, so sacrificially. Now we seek to pursue him and do the same with each other 
and the world around us. And and this kind of uh, compelling, radical teaching, challenging, life-giving words are the ones that unite such a diverse community of people. People from every nation, language, tribe, and tongue. It's why we, as a church, seek to meet together in, in small groups, in a variety. It's why we have things like growth groups, uh, young adults. Uh, it's why we even have Bible studies, men's groups, the marriage group that just met last night. Uh, all are ways that we gather folks together to engage with the teachings of Jesus. The ones that give life, but they're, they're not the ways of the world. They're not the ways of, of, of my family of origin. They're they're not the ways of our society, but they are the ways of life that comes from Jesus. And and we gather in those small groups as well because in this setting, we can't share our our fellowship and prayers with one another. We can't hear the needs and concerns of one another. But in those kind of groups, we can. And and encourage you and and challenge you to to participate in, in those kind of groups so that we can share life with one another, pursuing and seeking after Jesus, being devoted to his teachings, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, and to prayer. Uh, And then finally, as we're devoted to Jesus, as we're walking with him, it leads to a sacrificial care for one another. A couple passages to capture that here. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. Now, this... This is a marvelous, miraculous expression of the work of God in the, among the people of God. A people who were held so tightly by Jesus that they were therefore able to hold tightly to one another and to be loose with their possessions. And come to him and say, hey, Jesus, can you help be the executor of my will and or my dad's will and divide the possessions among us? And Jesus is like, no, I don't need to be doing that. And he says, and be careful, be careful, because possessions can be your God instead of God being your God. Possessions and give them to the poor and then come follow me. And we're told the guy walked away sullen. And again, he said, be careful. Lest possessions become your God instead of God. Jesus come by in a parade and as Jesus comes by, he stops and looks at Zacchaeus and says, Hey, Zacchaeus, who was a filthy rich tax collector, hated among the Jews. He says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your country. And says, Today I give half my possessions to the poor and I return four times to whomever. God in the provision and their trust and faith that Jesus is the one that's going to lead them. The spirit is their power, not their stuff. Now, we can look at this. Uh, granted, this is a scary passage. 
I was uncomfortable reading and studying it myself because it's always like, okay, wait a minute. Does that mean I shouldn't be saving for retirement? Or, or what is enough saving for retirement? I mean, does that mean I can no longer go to El Camino and buy an $8 loaf of bread, but it is so good. And I only buy one. I only buy one a week. Now, is that what, no, well, yes, those are good questions to ask. Those are good questions to ask, but that, that's not the point. Again, we look at this, we, we want to find rules and guidelines instead of a, a living relationship. Back to that, my favorite book, that Surrender to Love. We're, we can get stuck in willful obedience to a set of laws instead of a willing surrender to a loving Lord. And so th- this is what he says happened. If, if, and, and remember, it's not about now. All of this is a result of our encounter with Jesus. It's not a set of rules. Okay, now you're going to be my church. Well, now you got to go do this, 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 and this. Say, no, this is what happened because a community of people encountered Jesus empowered by the Spirit. Well, now this is, this is what spiritually, supernaturally happened. They were now devoted to these things, to the apostles, to the apostles' teachings. They were devoted to their prayers. They were devoted to fellowship and breaking bread because of Jesus. And they were so devoted that now they were sacrificially caring for one another. There were relationships where they knew what was going on and what the needs were and how to care for them. That's that's how we've always done it. That's what it means to be community in in Jesus. We have a uh, a guest with us today, uh, Emily Schindeldecker, who is, um, uh, well, I'll let her come forward. Many of you know Emily. She's a global worker, uh, works in other parts of the world, sharing the, the love of Jesus. And uh, she'll be with us um, uh, 11.45 today after second service, giving a lot more detail about what uh, is, is going on. But asked her, hey, you got a story that sort of fits uh, with, with this that you've encountered in your setting? Tell us a little about that context and just tell us a little bit. Tell us that story. Thank you, Emily. Hi, thank you for having me here today. Uh, I live in the Middle East. I've been there for almost six years. And part of the Middle East where I live, it's very diverse, lots of um, different nationalities, different tribes, different ethnicities, different languages. I would hear um, at least 12 different dialects a day um, of different languages, so it's lots, very diverse. And um, I help working with people in refugee camps. And um, the, the team that I work with, they're people from, from that country, and we help other people who have fled from war and from ISIS. And um, I just was thinking about a time where there were uh, several of us, and we represented eight different nationalities or languages or ethnicities. And we came together to um, support one of our, one of our teammates um, because his father had passed away. So we went to a refugee camp where he had lived. And we sat down, and there's a, a group of us from all over the world speaking all different languages, and there's no way without the love of Jesus that all of us, um, if, 
if we hadn't brought them along, if they hadn't met somebody who was so different from them, a different religion, and even a religion that persecuted them, they would never have gone to support this, um, this brother of ours. And it was just a beautiful moment. Thank you. Thank you. Again, we'll, uh, if you have opportunity to talk to Emily in between services, and also at 11.45 um, after the second service to hear, hear more of what uh, she's doing specifically. Uh, but to recognize this reality of the church, it, it transcends every kind of human existence there is. Uh, of a people committed to Jesus and filled with his spirit, uh, then enabled to, in relationships to, to care, support one another. That's who we are. And the good news is, as we were just singing a little bit ago, a, a day will come when, when that will be how we act and live perfectly. That I, I'll be freed from my wanting to hold on to my stuff. And I'll be, I'll be freed to, to share with, with you all that is going on with me and to receive from you. And we will meet and, and care for one another's needs perfectly and in union, in total freedom. Look forward to, to that day before Jesus that will experience that kind of communion. Now, what, what I wonder, I just want to take a, a moment. Just take a, a moment for you just to reflect on this. Yeah, so we're, we're a community that has had an encounter with Jesus. A life-changing encounter with Jesus. That, that then is, comes together committed to him and caring for one another. Wondering for you. Yep. Is your, your relationship with Jesus grown stale and cold? Going through the motions. Well, then take this time. Pray to Jesus. He said, I want to, I want to be real with you. I want to be alive with you. As we were singing, revive me, renew me. Or, or maybe you're trying to do it on your own. And today's the day you're hearing, oh, I guess it's necessary that I'm in relationship with others where I can really share life and we can pursue Jesus together. And maybe today's the day to make that commitment. And maybe in prayer that you're asking God, hey, who are the people? Whether it's growth group, whether it's another Bible study, whether it's the men's group or women's group, the marriage group, the young adults, or it's you're ready to start your own. Maybe that's. That may be a step for you. What's a way that I can be in relationship with other Christians really engaging with this together? And, and maybe you've got those relationships. Maybe the others, you've got those relationships, but you really, you, 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 you talk about what you watched on TV, what you ate, who won last night or who didn't. You, you talk about other, a lot of fun stuff. I mean, but you don't talk about Jesus. And you don't share your life. And maybe it's time to take a step of saying, how do I really share? How am I devoted myself to fellowship, true fellowship with one another and really praying with one another in the relationships that, that I'm in? That, and that can't happen with a lot. That's just, just one. What's, what's one way? What's, what's the way that the Lord might be leading you to take a step?
today. I'm going to take 30 seconds in silence. Let you just be reflecting on that, how the Spirit might lead you, and then I'll lead us in prayer. Almighty God, we offer ourselves to you. We marvel and we consider your love, your care for us with each other and pursuing you together and caring for each other in need. So guide and direct us as a community, as a church, and guide and direct us individually also. And Almighty God, we take this time to lift up to you the, the needs, not only of one another, but of the world. Uh, we, we bring before you, our, again, our brothers and sisters, particularly in, in Ukraine. And gracious God, we lift up one another. We know some have experienced loss and experiencing grief and, and the pain of that loss now for, for all different kinds of things. A loss of a relationship, loss of dreams, loss of a pet, loss of property, ways they've been violated. Lord, we, we, we pray and that you would bring peace and comfort, that you would... So empower us as a community to, to hear from one another and, and to care. Ultimately, Lord, that we rest in you. We thank you for Jesus and that indeed we can surrender to his love. We, we thank you for his life, his death, his resurrection. That his teaching has empowered us and impacted us. That your, your spirit continues to, to fill and to give us that, that peace and strength beyond understanding. And a hope. A hope for that day to come when all will be made right. Until that day, fill us, lead us, guide us as we pursue you together. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.